Hey, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast. I'm Andy Mort. I'm a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach. And I want to explore life's harsher edges with a spirit of playful creativity. I love helping people see the world through the lens of their unique creative sensitivities, rising above the cynicism, bitterness and resentment that disconnects us from ourselves, one another and the playful possibilities within and around us. I love looking for ways to uh, tune into our sound, process life's endless noise, express our creative voices and explore the contours of human potential with openness, curiosity and a shared sense of purpose. So this, in some ways, is a bit of a bonus episode. I've had a few people recently, um, you know, asking uh, whether I'm still doing uh, kind of solo episodes. There's been a, a lot of interviews over the past um, month or so. I've had a really like a just a great time having conversations with uh, all sorts of really interesting people. And it's all happened at the same kind of time as well. So the, and I've wanted to get them all out before the end of the year. And so I'm recording this uh, just before Christmas at the end of 2023. Uh, and I thought I would, yeah, do a do a solo episode and release it as a, as a bit of a Christmas bonus. Um, I don't think it's going to be particularly Christmassy other than the fact that I want to use it as an opportunity to talk about the song that I've um, released this week, um, which I did a, a live courtyard um, workshop around um, last Sunday. Um, in the Haven, um, where, yeah, I kind of just talked about what, um, what inspired the song, uh, the themes that, that came out of it and went into it, uh, and how it all came together and how it came together so rapidly and unexpectedly as well. So, but I thought I would, what I would do is, is just kind of bring some of the stuff that I talked about in that session, uh, onto the podcast itself. Cause, uh, yeah, it's a good, excuse to talk about it because I love talking about it I was I'll share in in a bit I'll share a um a thing that I call from the cradle to the stave which was a feature that I I started on Patreon a little while ago uh, where I gather together all of the voice memos um that kind of travel along in the evolution um of the the creation of a song as I'm writing a song I will sort of uh, document it um not in a intentionally documenting it way, but like I, so I, I sit at the piano or I sit at the guitar and, and noodle around and, and work on, work on writing the song. Um, kind of do that for sort of 10, 15 minutes at a time. And then at the end of that little period, I'll record where I've got to. So I've got loads of these little markers, I suppose, almost like chapter markers of, of the evolution and progress of a song. And so I started doing that, um, started sharing those on Patreon a little while ago um, as a way to firstly kind of document the the way that a song comes together and how different it can be, um, both at the beginning as the, as the ideas start to emerge, um, but also through the process as well. There's, there are de- massive deviations that occur and then it comes back to the, the path that it was on and then, um, yeah, to kind of like... St- tracking that progress all the way to the the final mastered um, song that gets released. It's a really fascinating... I, when I was putting together the the that process for this, for Still Time, which is the new song, um, I was just like, I freaking love... I love the creative process. I love writing songs. I love all of this stuff. It's so, like, mysterious and magical, and it never ceases to amaze me how things happen. And... 
um, one of the things you you kind of notice um, and you might hear as I when I share this um, in a bit um, is the the little the, it's either sort of words or little melodic phrases that just start to almost pop their pop their head up through the the surface like little shoots in coming up through the soil um, and it's like oh that's when that was kind of born that's when that arrived um, and then it kind of takes on new life and, and that sort of thing so yeah what I want to do I suppose uh, in this episode is, is talk about the uh, the context of the song so the exhibition the rapid response exhibition um, that I did I'll share the the piece that I contributed to that as well, um, which actually probably works on on the audio as well as the video. So I'm doing a video version of this podcast, which you can watch on uh, on YouTube. But yes, I'll share that that piece, which is a, an audio collage, really a sound collage slash visual collage um, based around this this theme of of time um, and time scarcity and and our uh, cultural relationship with time management and productivity and all of that sort of stuff. Uh, and then I'll talk about how, um, how the song got written. Um, you know, the, the process for this song in particular, I'll share some of the, uh, the things that we talked about in our session last week, um, which was some of it was about songwriting more generally, uh, and the creative process more generally. Um, and then, um, yeah, I'll finish by talking about, uh, yeah, a little bit about, um, what this year has, what's happened through this year and, and what I'm expecting to happen next year. Uh, I'm going to do that more in depth on, on Patreon. Um, so I'm going to, when I finish recording this, I'll, I'll do a proper uh, in-depth dive into, um, yeah, reflecting back on 2023 and looking forward to 2024, um, which is not something I've done for, for a, a bunch of years, actually. So it's, uh, yeah, it's quite fun being able to do this. Um, so starting with the, uh, the context of the song, so the, the song is, um, came from, uh, an idea that I had, so the, just to give you the, the full context, I had a phone call in back in the summer, end of the summer from my friend Jane, um, who I met, um, for the first time this year, actually. Uh, at the at the symposium, I, I mentioned if you listened to the uh, the episode with Ben Cowan, um, it's where I came across Ben at this uh, symposium at the Spa Centre in Leamington Spa um, back in February 2023. Um, and I was actually sat a, in a uh, a workshop about intellectual property um, with a a local lawyer. Um, it was a small work. I was expecting it to be sort of a slightly bigger workshop than it was. It was quite um, intense in the end. But uh, yeah, I found myself sitting next to uh, Jane, who kind of rushed in and rushed out, which is in in hindsight, it's like yeah, there's there, there's Jane. That's that's Jane because um, she was in. She had a deadline for a piece that had been commissioned that she was uh, she'd worked through the night um, to get done, and she still needed to finish it. So she, yeah kind of very brief, uh, brief encounter. Um, but then I bumped into her again, um, at the beginning of the summer and then had this phone call from her at the end of the summer saying that she'd got this, um, this space in, um, or a, a block of time, um, at this place called the LTB showrooms in Coventry, um, which is 
in a building called the Lytton Tree, uh, Lytton Tree Bar, which was a, a working pub back in, until back in um, in March. Um, but the um, Alan Denyer, who I spoke to um, recently on another episode, um, just all these links, all these things coming together. Uh, so he go and listen to that for the background about the Lytton Tree. Um, but basically, he had had this space that uh, this building that was due for demolition. Essentially, the kind of as part of uh, Coventry City Centre redevelopment um, is going to be demolished, and and kind of the redevelopment is going to take place. But until then, um, Alan got hold of this building and he's turned it into a community uh, cultural art space. Um, and the originally it was due for demolition at the end of November, um, and so Jane had got it um, at the beginning of November, so the end of October, beginning of November, pretty much the last thing that was going to happen there. Um, so she called me up and said, oh, you, you know, got this, this theme rapid response, you know, we don't have long to, to get some art created to, to put into the space. And then, you know, obviously within the context of the building, having a, a limited, um, li- lifespan as well, like all of this speaks to this, this theme of rapid response. So if you want to get involved, that would be great. Um, and so, I mean, my mind was going all over the place in terms of like so many different ideas and um like yeah potential ways directions i could take it um but i was excited i was i was like yes this feels like a great thing um a great thing to be involved with and really an answer to some some kind of questions that i've been asking myself about uh, the direction that i want to take my um my music and my art i suppose this year to thinking a lot about uh, about that and and use of sound and and creating more kind of soundscapes and um, found sounds and field recordings and that sort of thing. Um, so it really was like okay, that's a great opportunity to sort of explore that a bit. Um, and so um, yeah, like that that then was like the the kind of foundation for that um, for that uh, event. Jane, so this I'll I'll read out the blurb um, for the rapid response exhibition itself. Um, so Jane wrote, "This space is due for demolition. Its time is extremely limited. The building's life is coming to an end. All living creatures are surfing the leading edge of the endlessly rolling wave of advancing time. We all have lifetimes, times we are alive. Yet we don't know how much time we have. It's generally observed that time is precious." Much of the language around time treats it like a currency. How do you spend your time? How do you manage your time? How are you investing your time? Are you making intentional choices as to how you use your time, or are you allowing it to trickle through your fingers like the grains in a sand timer? And so, um, yeah, I kind of took this. I was like, this is really, really interesting, especially as a slow coach, (laughs) as somebody who, I mean, I'm more and more passionate about the power of stillness the power of slowing down pausing coming into communion together with one another in spaces where we just sort of take the pressure off the need to rinse everything like every ounce of i don't know productive juice from every moment because i i don't think that's where meaning is found i don't think it's where meaning is made and so I was kind of reflecting on all of these um, these issues that, you know, I, I kind of just see 
in the world, in the people around me, where there's this real sense of urgency, this sense of anxiety and scarcity and like am i making the most of of my time how do you like what am i supposed to do like is this the right way to spend my time and etc etc um and yes kind of exploring some of the things some of the uh i guess for want of a better term like productivity gurus online and and these people that we follow who can give us the time management hacks and tips and tricks and um and this kind of relentless uh messaging around using time effectively it's like for what for what purpose and so this kind of going way back into um uh earlier this year when i was i was part of um part of a an online summit um where we were talking about um kind of the idea of of uh, purpose and um progress it was with caroline uh, mcgraw and that was i think that was a real pivotal moment in my year I, well i know it was a very pivotal moment in my year because i really experienced this sense of of urgency in the meeting itself um of the questions that were coming through from participants and uh, this sense that, you know, I have to find, well, even that word purpose, like that, there's so much baggage attached to that word purpose. Like I have to find my purpose. And there's a real urgency to that, a real sense of if I don't find that, then I'm wasting something. Something is lost. Something is missing. Um, and that kind of then led me down this this line around the nervous system and how the nervous system uh the the state of our autonomic nervous system really affects how we um how we see the world um and one of the things i've been really uh digging into so i've been developing the uh well my the coaching program uh, that started off as the humdinger workshop kind of moved into a, a longer term coaching program now um, where we look at the idea of um, of sound um, and noise and how what we hear impacts how we see. Um, and so, you know, just in a very basic sense, thinking about sort of film soundtracks and, uh, you know, you're watching TV, the, 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 the soundscapes, the sound design um, on what you're watching has such a bearing on how you feel and what you see. Um, and so we kind of through the program look at uh, various examples of different sound on the same visual and how they how it can like dramatically change what you see on the screen um, if you hear whether it's like you know the the soundtrack you might hear in a horror f- horror film versus a comedy uh, if there's a laughter track in all of these things just literally change your uh, your the, the the kind of the things that you're alert to the things that you're expecting as you look at the screen so you're more likely to respond in the way that the sound um kind of encourages you you to respond with um and so i was then thinking i was thinking about all of this stuff in the context of the nervous system and you know the the messaging that we get from the world around us and you know in the environment of a um like the summit itself where there's a lot of there's a lot of information coming very very quickly a lot of information that is kind of framed in a sense of like 
you need to know this and you need to be using these tools or you need to be engaging with these resources. Otherwise, you're going to be left behind. It's sort of just constantly peddling this um, this sense of you need to be doing more like that what where you are is not enough and so that changes the state of your nervous system into this sympathetic response this fight or flight and eventual eventual shutdown especially you know in the context of um so many highly sensitive nervous systems you see um how uh how we kind of move into a into that shutdown so in the polyvagal theory like be described as the the dorsal the dorsal shutdown uh, dorsal collapse where we kind of just check out we numb um we we kind of maybe go through the motions we may be functional but we're not really engaged um and so that's what i wanted to capture really um in this in this piece eventually when i realized I couldn't do what I originally wanted to do. There was not enough time and I didn't quite have the, uh, the ability to think how it would, how it would come together. Um, but essentially what I wanted to capture was the impact of, of information of, of noise in the external environment in, you know, on online, um, with a, with our sort of 24 seven news cycle, the fact that we have access to every piece of information that we could possibly want more or less instantly in, in, in our pocket, um, you know, at the, at the tips of our fingers and that, what impact does that have on our nervous system? And then what impact does that have on the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves, about other people, uh, about the possibilities? Um, and I wanted to, I was going to sort of like, yeah, get a, um, the, the kind of enmeshment of that information and try and then turn that into a, a, a sweeping or a pulsing wave that sounds like a breath. Um, and then to get this breath, you know, get these messages uh, turned into a breath, get the breath sort of going faster and faster to represent the, the nervous system, like the, the physiological impact on the, um, uh, on the nervous system. And then like a, a quickening heartbeat and things like that. Uh, but I, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't f- quite figure out how to do that. It will, <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's a, it's a challenge for the future. Um, I'd love to, to figure out how to do that. Um, so if you've got any ideas, I'd love to hear. Um, but what it ended up being was more of a, uh, so I, the, the core concept was the same. So the, there's the ticking clock and there's breath and, um, the hastening, hastening breath as, uh, a few recognizable voices come in with um, with messages around time uh, scarcity, how to use time, like our relationship with time, uh, productivity, like all of these things that are really putting pressure on us to think about time in a specific way. And then the second half is sort of gets to a point of of that of that dorsal collapse of that shutdown, where it's like um unbearable to the, to the, some degree and then the second half is is engaging with uh more of a playful bouncy sense of uh, of activation in the nervous system of of um yeah kind of i don't know a, a creative relationship with time uh inspired by kurt vonnegut's um line that we are here on earth to fart around um and don't let anybody tell you any different 
um, and kind of reflecting on, yeah, what does it mean to fart around? Like it's, it's not about wasting time in the sense of just not doing anything. It's about the, the way that we hold time itself, the way that we hold the things that are important to us. It's not about clinging onto them and rinsing every, every, you know, morsel of productive juice from them uh, to confuse some metaphors. Um, and yeah, cause it comes out of this story that he tells during, uh, during one of his um, speeches uh, about going and buying a single envelope and spending a, 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 a more time than he needed to uh, posting a letter essentially. Um, and I'll, uh, yeah, I'll share a link to the, to the full speech, uh, which is slightly dated. It has dated elements to it. Um, but the, the general, um, the general gist of it is just really refreshing because it's, it's kind of just subverting these, what I think can often become, um, I, I, like foundational assumptions about the fact that uh, about the fact that we should be um make making um efficient use of all time we have um and so it you know it becomes a like the context of of that story itself is is he goes and buys one envelope um and his wife says you know he can afford to to buy a a whole packet of envelopes and so that in itself is like this this tension between okay but when i buy the one envelope i get to go and buy that envelope and see what happens you know going that's a little adventure in itself and then all of these things um that then unfold from there um whereas if we're sort of just efficiently trying to get from a to b to c to d um and you end up at the end of that path and it's like why did i get here so fast like where's the meaning and you know to me again to reiterate that point that actually it's the meaning is found in the in-between the meaning isn't found you know when you know through the coaching process itself it's like you know we might think that the meaning is found um when we reach the goal at the end but actually the meaning is made on the way to the goal like that's the point you know we talked about like the why why would you go on a circular walk or a circular hike why would you go on this thing where you know you're basically you're your destination is where you are right now, but you're going to go and walk around all these other places in order to get back to here. Like the most efficient way to, <laughs> to do this walk would be to not do the walk. If the thing that matters is where you're getting to, which it obviously isn't because, you know, it's an absurd way uh, of, of kind of emphasizing that point, I suppose. Um, so yeah, that was, um, I'll share the, uh, I'll share that piece with you now. Um, and then I'll talk about where the song comes into it.
You can't bank your time and use it later. If you waste five minutes, you never get it back. Okay, what supplements do I need to take? What do I need to know about how to be a happier me? What do I need to eat? What should I do that I'm not doing? How can I make my brain better? Work hard, like, I mean, every waking hour. That's that's the, the thing I would, I would Basically, say. write down everything that you do, every minute of your day. And then at the end of the week, you'll notice that you probably spend a lot of time I'll give you 10 tips how to become better at managing your time. If you're wasting 20 hours a week, you're wasting $50,000 a year. The more you go, there is that block of time, and if you teach yourself to do that, the more effective with time you are, the more time you have for freedom, for enjoyment, for fulfillment, for completion. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. That's a third of your life. We are here on earth to fart around and don't let anybody ever tell you any different. I think it's got a really great foundation to it. There's some work that I want to do on it and, and get it sort of sounding um, more complete. There are, there are things that, yeah, places I want to go with it if I can give it a bit more time, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I guess that um, then spoke to uh, the, the song that came from this exhibition as well. So to give the context of that, there was a, uh, a launch event at the beginning of the exhibition and then a closing event at the end. And I played, played a few songs at both of them. Um, and originally, you know, Jane had, had said, do you fancy 
writing a song for around like for this theme and and you can play that song at, at the uh, the launch um and i well i mean i didn't have time to create anything before because uh, i was kind of busy on the on the sound uh, the sound collage but i thought initially i was i was thinking what if i write a song live at the event itself so i'll sort of just be sat at the piano and people can call out things little themes or little lines and and i'll turn them into a song there and then which is something that i really do want to do at some point uh, but it didn't feel like it felt like too much of a risk because we didn't really know how many people were going to be there um you know it's a risk asking people to shout things out uh Certainly, it's not something I do. So to expect other people to do that uh, might be a bit of a stretch. But eventually I thought, okay, what I'll do is um, I'll maybe give a prompt and get people to write down um, their responses to this prompt and then I'll turn that into a song. And it wasn't until the uh, the afternoon, the afternoon where the, the gig was that day, uh, where I found this, came up with this question, you know, what would you do? Um, or if tomorrow is your final day on earth, what would you choose to do or choose not to do? Um, which I was kind of in two minds about um, to start with, because it's like, that's quite, it's quite bleak in some ways. Um, but then I thought, you know, I'll make it as, as abstract as possible so that, um, you know, there's no indication of what, why it's your last day on earth. You know, it might be actually uh, you're going somewhere else, something something better is happening somewhere better exists <laughs> you're leaving earth behind and it's going to be great uh or whatever however you interpret it it was really interesting that was one of the fascinating parts of the whole process was people uh attaching the meaning to the question itself like the assumptions that people would make about what it meant so for some people uh it was obviously death like if it's my last day on earth uh and it's so i'm i'll be dead the day after tomorrow uh, some people it was just me some people it was everybody's last day on earth um, and so there was all of these different um, things that people brought to it but I was really I was really struck by some of the things I think more more probably more what was missing than what was there actually um, especially in the context of of the the productivity and time management where everything is so uh, it's often linked to big ideas and making big things happen or um you know the idea of a bucket list going and doing novel things seeing places that you've never seen before all of these things that um you need to to make sure that life uh, allows you to do um which is fine when you have <laughs> when you have lots of time like that those things become um you know manageable they become things that are possible um but what I was struck by was that when, and it, and there's a, there's a strange paradox as well, um, that the urgency that comes with productivity and time management, which is life is short. I've got to make the most of it, um, by doing all of these things creates this real sense of urgency at times in us. Like I've like, I don't have enough time. I've got to do all these things. And then when the, the true scarcity emerges, like tomorrow is your last day. Um, the sense of urgency in people's responses relinquished. And so pretty much all of the responses um, focused on 
familiar places, uh, meaningful people, uh, meaningful things like activities. So creative, um, being creative, eating nice food, um, going to water was a was a feature um, in a lot of responses. So people going and spending time um, by the sea, uh, by a body of water, uh, in the mountains, climbing a hill, watching a sunrise, uh, taking some food, having a having a co- coffee, <laughs> you know, overlooking a nice um, view or whatever with people writing letters to people that uh, are meaningful to you, loved ones and stuff, Um, having conversations, sharing memories, like all of these things that are more or less free and more or less accessible to us a lot of the time. Um, And it was just really interesting that there there were no bucket list items that I came across. There were no um, real novelty, big deal events um and i know you don't really have time but i thought you know if if tomorrow's your last day it at least gives you kind of today to plan it um so you could probably get yourself um most places or a few places um in a you know if you forget the the need to book in advance or whatever um so there are other possibilities uh, but it was, yeah, these really simple things. And, and one of the most profound things that really I enjoyed was the fact that people talked about, you know, I'd uh, I'd play music with people. Um, I would paint, I'd write a poem. I'd, you know, these creative acts, which, you know, one of my big bugbears is this, um, the, the way that creativity and productivity have become conflated um and you know a lot of people will use those words almost interchangeably and it's like they're they're very very different things so productivity is like you know producing something i mean in its essence it's producing something that is going to be sold um and so and i think for many people that that kind of has become the way that you think of creativity is like you're producing something uh to share to sell whatever um and actually this question kind of returned like it brought me to this place of like yes we've returned to that point of creativity as a really innate natural organic expression of humanness of who we are like it's something that we do it's something you know if you're faced with your tomorrow being your final day you reach for something creative like that's how you process it it's how you express your uh, response to that situation um, and so there was something really uh, beautiful about that as well um, to me um, and so yeah in terms of the the way that the song itself then came to be it was um, it was a process of of turning those responses that I'd, I'd received um, from people the attendees on the night um, and then there was a few people on social media afterwards kind of put it out there as well um, so then that week, um, the f- that first week of the exhibition before the, uh, the closing night, I turned it into something more tangible. And, um, to, then the, the closing, the closing event on the Sunday afterwards, uh, I, I shared the song 
as I'd got it and I shared a recording of it because one of the one of the things that I did was um, went to the LTB showrooms and I had this idea of capturing the sound of the building itself as part of the song because it's part of the story of this thing uh, where you know the reason we're there for this rapid response exhibition is because this building is not going to be standing here for very long um, and I was mindful of um, the story of the the crooked house um, in Staffordshire, which uh, an old pub, the, uh, the the wonkiest pub in the UK or something for for a long time, just standing there for years, a really important part of um, community, and it got burnt down, um, found to be um, an intentional thing um, by people who bought the property, and there was all these stories about how much this place meant to people who um, went there, who, you know, and I was kind of thinking about all that there will have been, you know, wakes held there, uh, people kind of sharing really important personal moments there, um, probably wedding receptions, people proposing, like all of these sorts of things, these life, important life events uh, in the lives of, of normal people in that community. Um, and then this this building of of real significance of 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 meaning and of value that stretches far beyond uh, a kind of monetary measurement is just taken away and so i was thinking about that um in the context of the of this building that is due for demolition and will be disappearing um and i thought you know as almost as a tribute to the crooked house and a tribute to the uh, to the to the litten tree um, I'd love to just capture its voice, let it speak um, before it before it falls silent. Um, so I went there on the afternoon. I think it was the Wednesday afternoon that week, um, and just recorded uh, a bunch of uh, creaking sounds. I, I got doors um, doors creaking and shutting and opening and floorboards. There's a lot of a lot of aches and pains around the place. It was a, it's a a place full of character, old building, lots of uh, lots of funny noises. So then I I turned that into the the beat that underpins the song. Um, so that's why I then wanted to share the recording um, at the closing event as well, um, because it was like that's that's actually an intrinsic part of of the whole thing. Uh, so I that really I suppose um, focused me to get that complete um, by then. And um, yeah, so it, it was a case of writing and then uh, recording it uh, so that it was in, in a state to share it. Um, and yeah, so what I'll do, I'll do now is um, share the the cradle to the stave process. Um, so this was, um, if you if you watch the video, you'll see the timestamps on this. But yeah, it essentially start is, starts at sort of nine 9.30, 9.45 on the Monday morning um, as I, yeah, got, as I began the process um, and then yeah, it goes through the week and the, you, you'll hear the different changes, you'll hear ideas emerging. If you know the final song already, you might hear, you'll recognise little snippets of melodies and, and lyrics that um, that then, yeah, infuse into the final version. So, yeah, that's what um, that's what this is. One for the road, if 
the bars are open Gonna be always I'll meet you at the lake with the open token Just bring yourself, don't worry Don't be late, don't worry Don't be late, just bring songs I want to sing but only time for one unfinished pages left to ring the tolling bell it rung it leaves a space among us in which replays of young love are seen in the eyes of everyone pebbles smooth present tense you'll thank me in the morning you'll thank me in the morning clean this up so I want to show you how I see as above I am beneath a cloud of starlings limited and free ticking of a beating heart left bittersweet and
top of the morning And we've built up a house on the sand We'll strike up the fire, reminisce through the evening Before the waves claim back their land Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else You're the flicker of light in the embers of night Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else Your music drifts on at the end of the song Yeah, so I left in um, <laughs> some some of the embarrassing moments that are part of the the process of you know that the iterations of a song coming to to life. Um, partly because I like I I just find it really I find it fascinating to start with, um, and I I like just sharing the rawness of that so that people can hear the fact that things how things evolve and the fact that it's it's a messy process and it's it doesn't always sound good <laughs> um because i think that's it's you know when i work with people around um developing creative um practices and creative projects one of the the big hang ups is often this idea that you know you compare yourself to others and you you think you know i'm i'm not very good like look at what they've produced and what you're looking at is a final product you're looking at something that has a lot, <laughs> a lot beneath the surface that's gone into it. And so where I can, I, I like sharing that sort of behind the scenes stuff because um, I find it encouraging um, to to see myself, like when I kind of, yeah, see other people sharing that kind of thing uh, without showing too much of how the sausage is made. Sometimes it undermines it, doesn't it? But uh, hopefully that's not the case there. Um, but yeah, so... Th- the i mean you've heard that the end of that was was the actual um the kind of final mastered version of the of the track and um between the oh yeah so atmos who was one of the um one of the performers the poet he performed at the opening night and he recorded um the bass on the so we i met him at, at the ltb on the thursday and he recorded some uh, bass line for the song, uh, which I was very impressed with because there was a lot of chords. <laughs> there was a lot of, uh, we had, I think, half an hour to record the bass uh, before he had to go and um, I think he was teaching a music lesson uh, afterwards. Uh, so he managed to, to nail that very quickly. Um, but it was, yeah, again, it was because part of me was like, I really want to record a lot of the song itself in, in that building. In the end, only managed, it was just the bass uh, and obviously the, the found sounds for the beat. But it was great to be able to do that with Atmos. Um, and yeah, that sense of collaboration, the, I guess, exemplifying the, the, the way, even the, the project itself, 
being a collaborative thing, you know, in that space that, that we had for the exhibition, um, you know, an exhibition is, especially in that context, it is a collaborative thing. It's not just a collection of loads of different pieces. It's a, it's a really, yeah, it's the, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was kind of nice to then collaborate with particular, um, people and like the closing event as well. When I, when I was playing, uh, sort of played a few songs and, and then shared that recording, um, and Martin, uh, McNally, who was another one of the contributing artists did some kind of live responsive art, um, as, uh, as I was playing. Um, and that just made for, unfortunately I couldn't see what was going on cause it was, it was projected onto a screen above my head. Um, but people really said like, oh, I was just so lovely to see that emerging and to see how it was responding to, um, you know, what Martin was hearing and all of this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, that was a, another cool kind of, uh, collaborative element to it all um so yeah so we recorded the bass with with um with atmos then spent yeah not very long so i, I phoned uh, or i got in touch with matt um the producer matt cottrell uh, who's at 300 acre um studios in coles hill nearby who i've been working with on the album so far um and said, you know, I've got this this song. Um, I'd love to turn it into a single. Like it, it has. I think I'd, I'd just like to to mark this moment with it properly. Um, how soon can we do that? And he said, I've got, you know, I've got some time on Friday. So this, <laughs> this was what that must have been like the Monday or the Tuesday day after the the closing event. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Let's 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 do, take this kind of at pace uh, i think that'd be in keeping with the whole project um so i didn't really i mean I, there were there were a few bits and pieces that i um that i added to the to the track um that changed it from the the piece that i shared on the sunday um but other than that there wasn't a whole lot that changed um so then i took that into the studio um to be to be mixed um and, and Matt suggested let's let's you know do some a little bit of additional production. So let's let's take two days to do this. Um, and David uh, Smoot, who's uh, kind of been helping out um, around three hundred acre studios with Matt, um, great guitarist. He added some some guitar to the to the track, and we yeah added a little bit of additional uh, percussion. I did did a little bit of cymbal work and um added a shaker and a tambourine um and yeah we kind of turned turned it from what it was into what it is um and yeah matt worked his magic with the with the mixing process and then um yeah within what was it within two weeks of that it was uh we got it mastered and it's released this week and i mean one of the reasons I think one of the reasons I liked the idea of getting it done fast was um, <laughs> learning from the fact that, you know, the album is taking such a long time. Um, and if I procrastinate or dither a little bit, then it might, you know, get pushed down the priorities um, and take a lot longer um, to, to release. But also there was something about, or there is something about the vibe of the, of the piece itself, the track itself that, um, 
I don't know, it has a bit of a festive feel to it. Like it's obviously it's not a Christmas song, um, but I think thematically um, and maybe the the vibe, the feel of the song, um, it I don't know. It just feels like I was like I need to get this out before Christmas. So how where can I? I'll do this. Put it out the week before Christmas if I can. Um, so that's another reason why I thought it's yeah really nice, um, uh, yeah compelling idea to get it done as soon as possible. Um, you know, speaking into that, I guess it's into the season again of, uh, we've had Black Friday and the commercialization of this period of time, uh, in the, in the calendar where, you know, there's this, always this antagonism, isn't there between, you know, that what does, what does it mean this time of year? Like what's the important stuff? And, and actually the song itself really speaks into that and it really speaks of what, and it reflects, it's not just my interpretation, it's like it reflects actual people's um, responses to that question. If like, essentially, if you boil it down to what the question is asking, it's, um, you know, if if you don't have any time left, what is it that you, what matters most to you? Um, and it's these these familiar, simple, mostly free things um, that can get lost <laughs> at times when we... Um, yeah, get sucked into the consumer culture. So I thought, yeah, perfect, perfect for this time of year. Um, yeah, let me, I don't think there was really anything else uh, that I wanted to talk about other than, so I, yeah, I shared a blog post um, last week um, about yeah, kind of using a, there's a, a tweet that I, come across from uh, James Clear, which was really, and it was during the the time of the exhibition itself, really spoke to the themes of the exhibition, which was essentially time is short. Um, And if time is short, uh, that means like basically just being that kind of classic encouraging message of uh, don't dither on the thing that you know you want to be doing. Like do that project, start that business, uh, you know, speak to that person, mend that relationship, whatever it is. So these things that, you know, that's right. Like, yeah, these, when you're talking about something that, you know, you want to be doing, um, and you're putting it off for no reason other than just procrastination or whatever, um, that sort of gentle encouragement to do it. And I always think, you know, we all know that, like, I think everybody, everybody has a, an intrinsic sense of time being short, um, to some degree, uh, especially when you reach a certain age, um, and yet there are still things that, that kind of stop us. It's not as simple as like just remembering, oh, oh yeah, time is short. I better do that thing. That That's not often enough to get us over that line. Uh, there are other things at work. Um, but anyway, I was, I was really struck by the, some of the responses um, in the, uh, the, to this, to this tweet. As I sort of scrolled down as I'm, you know, sucker for, I, I don't know why I do it, but um, yeah, it was quite intriguing. And one of them, um, so the reason that I called the song or really settled on calling the song still time, I suppose was, you know, the kind of, there's a few potential ways of reading that. Uh, obviously there's still time tomorrow is the last day. There's still time to do what matters. Um, but also this idea of stillness, still time, what comes out of time when we engage in stillness. And one of the responses to this 
tweet was, um, it's better to be wrong than to be still. And I don't know if something got lost in translation. I'm, I'm taking it at face value because I think it, you know, it speaks to something profoundly, um, probably true of our times, true of the, the, when we look at the state of things, the state of the world right now, it kind of, I think it can be summed up in that, in that sentence. It's better to be wrong than to be still. And this sense that, you know, actually to, you're, you're better not thinking, just do, don't think, don't stop, don't pause to check if this is the right thing to do. Like the worst thing you can possibly do is be still. And obviously, you know, you look at all of the major religious and spiritual teachings, like stillness is such a fundamental part of, um, of everything really. Like it's fundamental to, uh, everything we do as humans in a, in, from like sort of wisdom traditions. Um, and so this is like, it just felt like <laughs> the, whatever the antithesis of wisdom would be foolishness. Maybe, I don't know. It's better to be wrong than to be still. Um, and there was another one, a sense of urgency is a prerequisite to success. And it's like, that is true in some, in some circumstances, but it's also true that a sense of urgency is a prerequisite to failure. You know, if we fail, if we, if we don't pause to check, if we don't pause and allow that, that stillness to guide us, to allow us to see um, with a wider aperture, a fullness of perspective, we're going to like march along this road like a, you know, we talk about productivity um, often just getting us faster somewhere that we don't want to get to. Um, and that really speaks to those ideas for me um, that it's better to be wrong than to be still is just do something. It doesn't matter what it is. Just, just keep moving. And then, you know, so often so many people like I've worked with many people who um, would talk about having drifted to places that they didn't want to be basically because they followed that formula. You know, it's better to be wrong than to be still. It's better to just do, to move, to be uh, constantly progressing than to stop and actually think about, you know, is this right? Is this where I want to be moving? Do I, is this the direction that is actually going to take me somewhere meaningful? Um, and it's, yeah, a prerequisite to to drift i would say ultimately a sense of urgency is a prerequisite to um yeah to to kind of aimlessness because you end up just reacting to what's in front of you rather than thinking about what's sort of on the horizon beyond so um yeah that was that really fed into this this idea of the the title of the song itself um Still time. Yeah. Okay, right. I'm looking at looking at the time here. I'm going to finish, I think, because I've spoken a lot longer than I was expecting. Um, and I will finish the, the episode with, uh, with the song itself. I'm going to go and record a, an extended play episode on Patreon. So I'm going to kind of talk about my reflections on 2023, uh, maybe expand on some of the things I've talked about in this episode um, and then look forward to what's going to be happening on 20 in 2024. I've got some plans at the moment um, around Patreon itself 
Um, so one of the things I've been doing there is um, looking at um, a little feature called Growth Without Grimace, which was inspired by another tweet by someone else who um, I guess is kind of similar uh, from a similar place, probably where where it was. If you're not looking, if you're not grimacing every time you look at old work, then you're not growing. And again, this, I guess that one spoke to um, a real disconnection that we can have within our relationship with ourselves through time. So this idea that you know, if I'm not grimacing, and it's, it was this grimace that was such a uh, an impactful image in my mind where. You know, you look back at something that you've done in the past and you grimace. And if you're not doing that, then you're not growing. Um, and so I wanted to kind of subvert that um, that tendency because that's very real as well. It's very, I, I think it's very present in, in most of us to, to feel whether it's ashamed or embarrassed by uh, something that we did in the past. But actually to subvert that feeling and integrate it and allow you know the the idea that i was actually just doing uh, i was doing the best with what i had at the time as i am now because uh, the implication of if if you're not grimacing every time you're looking at old work then you're not growing is that there's going to be a future you looking at what you're what you're doing right now and being like what are you doing grimacing at this and so it creates this real fragmented um self where you're constantly battling against the past version of you uh, and constantly, you know, feeling judged by the future version of you. And I don't think that's a great recipe for um, for sort of playful observation and exploration and creativity. Um, so part of what I've been doing with um, with this idea of growth without grimace is going back into the archives of my um, or my back catalogue of old music and uh, talking a bit about, you know, my earliest songs and stuff that, um, you know, maybe I would do differently now, but things that I'm also grateful for, uh, you know, I'm grateful to that past version of me for having the courage to to do something, to put something out and, you know, looking at the different aspects. I'm like, I don't, I don't remember how I even did that. Like, that's really fascinating and almost making space for a conversation to occur across time between versions of ourselves, And that one of the things that I just want to, uh, I guess, exemplify and model really through that is, is this integration of who we are along that path through those circles. Like it's not a linear thing either. You know, I think there is, there are things that I've created in the past that I'm not going to be able to get anywhere near being able to create in the future so there are things that i've done better in the past than um than i can in the future and if you yeah if we think about growth as this this linear thing it's like this this never-ending expectation that everything's got to get better and it it won't you know that's not the nature of growth growth <laughs> is underpinned by a, a point of finitude a point where things stop growing you know when you reach a certain height you know like this is the height that i am gonna plateau at like i'm not gonna get any taller than this however much i wish i could um and that's just the nature of it like you look at people in sports they they hit their peak you know whether that's yeah sort of towards the end of their 20s in a lot of sports and it's like they will look back (laughs) you know they're going to be looking back from 
uh, a point sort of 30s 40s 50s and you know do they grimace because they're not growing or does the growth just look different is it a deepening is it exploring different areas like it's not um underpinned by a grimace because we've got to accept in in many areas like actually yeah that that was as good as i'm ever going to do that um and i have to accept that and let that go um and so all of these things yeah really underpinning this idea of the growth without grimace and uh and i want to explore explicitly you know the music and songwriting and using that um as as a metaphor for for elements of personal growth but also just really hone in on um on songwriting itself because i just I love writing songs and I love helping others uh, do the same and to access their creative spirit and their, um, yeah, find creative prompts and creative ways to like things that work for them um, in, in their creative practices and and processes. So I'm going to be doing a lot more of that uh, explicitly on Patreon. Uh, That's the the point I've come to um, through this year uh, as I've been doing that. So um, yeah, and sharing more of my uh, ambient explorations, which I've really enjoyed this year. Started that at the end, like December 2022, uh, started yeah, playing with some ambient ideas and then that's just really flourished this year. So yes, um, so I'll talk a little bit about that um, in, over on Patreon. Um, otherwise, I'm just going to say, have a uh, a wonderful end to your year if you're listening to this before the end of 2023. Um, I hope it's been a good one to you um, or yeah, just it's been, it's had moments. <laughs> I hope it's had its moments uh, of, of peace and calm and uh, yeah, I would love to, yeah, hear any, your sort of, I guess your review of the year, like what's gone well, um, what are you hoping for? Uh, into next year um and um yeah do let me know just drop me a drop me an email or message me on social media or leave a comment uh, on this episode all right have a peaceful rest of your day take care bye-bye Take one for the road if the bar is still open And head up the hills at sunrise I've packed what I found round the house And I'm hoping it's a big enough bag of supplies Just bring yourself cause I need nothing else Laugh as we try when we slip and we slide Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else We'll ebb and we'll glide in and out of our minds Still hundreds of songs I've not had chance to sing But there's only the time for one more I want conclusions and closures And I'd like to read 
the end of the book in my drawer. Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else. But sing without fear that the critic might hear. Just bring yourself, cause I need nothing else. Leave your wristwatch at home, time can leave us alone. What we see in the world In between we're the same underneath With a cloud of starlings We swim in the sky Dance and we float on the breeze Just bring yourself Cause I need nothing else Hold me in your arms And turn off the Cause I need nothing else Put your money away It seems worthless today I'll write you a letter So these words don't just fall through My hands as they're turning this phrase Cause I need nothing else 